<laughs> perfect idea. If you've got a basement, absolutely perfect. <laughs> I was uh, there one day like chiseling the floor and and Pam was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, I'm backing up my key phrase, woman. <laughs> From a decentralized location, this is the crypto effect. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Crypto Effect. This is February 15th, the day after Valentine's Day. I hope everyone had a good Valentine's Day. I'm uh, Brad, and I'm here with Warren, and we're here to do another episode, episode four of the Crypto Effect. Um, and we've got several topics we want to talk about. But to start off, we were going to talk about what happened last night in crypto. Um, I noticed that around midnight, uh, the market dropped overwhelmingly, uh, as much as 25% in some of the tokens. Um, I actually missed it. I fell asleep, unfortunately, otherwise I would have been purchasing about this time. By the time I woke up the next morning, the market had already come back. It was astonishing. Um, you know, I, I, it literally happened within a six to seven, eight hour time frame. Uh, looking it up online, it looked like there was maybe a big dump in the Asia market. Um, I'm not exactly certain where it came from, but um, it was a great buying opportunity. So anyone that got in, um, congratulations on you. Um, that was huge monumental effort because, uh, you know, we, we see about we see these drops about once every two or three weeks and, and we see the small drops, you know, five to 10 percent, maybe a 15 percent. But uh, there was a huge drop in the market last night. Um, and like I said, the majority of them came back. I, I don't know. Did you hear anything about that, Warren? Yeah, I did. I saw the drop as well. And, um, it, you know, it's, it's funny because Mondays, you know, there's always that one day of the week where you do inevitably have that drop. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, you mentioned the Asian market, which it's right around the time that the Asian market, for whatever reason, cashes out. Um, it's, it's always seems to be Monday mornings. Um, but this one was a little bit more than, than usual as of late, but I think people see that, you know, and, and there's been a lot of new people lately. So people see that and they're like, oh no, you know, the money I just threw in there, I'm losing it already. Yeah. Um, but keep in mind, you know, this is crypto. It moves a hundred miles an hour. Mm -hmm. There will always be these drops and, you know, just got to make sure you don't sell too early you know they truly are a fire cell that's that's how i'm looking at it now They're, these are such fire cells that if you see these drops you know a lot of people get scared and are like oh well, i'm not going to put my money in now or i'm going to take my money out at, and during the drop um but this isn't you know 2016 2017 when everyone was still saying bitcoin's a bubble this whole crypto thing's a bubble there is so much interest in it there is so much hype there is so many people looking at it and there's so much money going into it that you know these drops are inevitably inevitably going to come back i mean it's it's almost a given you know so when i see these now um i i really do not have any fear around it i literally I, think oh my god i just got a deal i'm gonna be i'm gonna get on as many deals as i can um and it was unfortunate that i i didn't catch it i, I really wish i caught it uh because i you know a lot of these i saw some um i think ethereum even uh, was down 15%. I have to get on and take a look, but there were some really good sales going on, um, and it's already back 
to where it was. Uh, you know, it may be gonna just a little bit higher at this point, but uh, yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, but don't have any fear in it. I you know I think the interest is just too high at this point. So yeah, if you've um, been through any of the other drops in the past, like I mean, gosh, I remember. 2018 it started the, the the bear season and you know the bear market and it just i mean it was two years it was two years of just no price movement really in mm. fact it just kept going down and down and down for two straight years and so you know i it, that was a rough two years <laughs> um but if you've been in crypto any amount of time you you can always expect these drops mm -hmm. and i'm sure brad you've traded you know in more traditional you know in the stock market and you've probably seen similar things maybe not quite as volatile but mm -hmm. i'm sure that you've seen that in other markets in the past as well Oh yeah. I mean, um, this is obviously nothing new to anyone who trades, uh, anyone who's been trading long enough knows, um, that there's going to be a correction or a dip or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but it, it always comes back, you know, there's always a, a great opportunity to get in and that, you know, and people are learning, especially with as many people who are getting into investing and getting into crypto, people are starting to learning that these, fear moments are moments uh, to take advantage. Uh, I think a lot of people are starting to get that now. Um, so that when you see it, you know, it's, it's great opportunity to get in. It's, it's by the dip. It's, mm -hmm. that's, that's exactly what it is. A lot of it's been going on for years by the dip. Absolutely. Yep. Um, so yeah, just yep. as Brad said, yep. don't, don't be nervous about that because that's typical. Yep. All right. So to get into some of our topics uh, to start off this week, we're going to be actually talking about uh, swims, uh, SIM swap attacks. Uh, this is uh, something that you need to be aware of and uh, know how to, uh, you know, get in front of to keep from happening to you. Um, obviously, MasterCard has confirmed its crypto integration. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about BNY Mellon announces crypto custody. Um, so let's go ahead and get started i guess we, we can get started on sim swap attacks yeah absolutely <clears throat> so for those that are not really sure what that means um sim swapping is essentially when somebody takes your phone number um which typically can be used for uh what's called two-factor authentication they take your phone number and they actually port your telephone number, your cellular number over to their own device. And when they do that, they're able to become you and take advantage of bypassing what's called two-factor authentication. Mm -hmm. um, and it's very dangerous because it can also lead to things like identity theft. Yep. Um, the reason that, that I really wanted to bring it up in our podcast, though, is because it's it's just this past week, there were four, I would say, four fairly serious uh, SIM swap attacks that occurred. Of the four SIM swap attacks, uh, there was one that was uh, from an employee that worked at a telephone company in Florida, and um, he actually was able to steal one victim's cryptocurrency uh, and he targeted actually 19 different people, um, but was able to successfully steal one individual's 
uh, cryptocurrency. Uh, the individual was uh, Stephen DeFore, and he was a Florida-based telco company employee. Um, mm. And as part of this, he was uh, his he had a co-conspirator, conspirator uh, Richard Lee. He would actually send um, Stephen the customer's cell phone number, uh, a four-digit PIN, and a new SIM card, which they would then use for the swap. Um, and then there was another instance where uh, Europol said that they had arrested 10 individuals, um, which were they uh, ended up carrying out a SIM swap attack. And they ended up stealing over 100 million in cryptocurrency, oh. um, mostly targeting US celebrities. Um, and they were able to target, they mostly targeted online influencers, uh, musicians, mm -hmm. sports stars, and what's worse is they also targeted their families. Um, just a really, uh, just, just really terrible um, because in some cases, as you saw, $100 million in cryptocurrency was stolen in, the, in these attacks. Yeah. Um, there was also a, an individual that was uh, charged for targeting Manhattan residents and he ended up stealing more than 150,000 in cryptocurrency. Um, so his this individual's name was Joseph Chase Oaks, and he allegedly used these SIM swap hacks to access victims' online accounts. Yeah. And he allegedly bypassed two-factor authentication to access these accounts. Um, and so the question, and you might be thinking, well, what am I supposed to do about this? Like, how do I protect myself from these SIM swap attacks? And I was able to find something and, and there's a there's a guy that I follow, um, Panama Crypto, who wrote the 10 Commandments in Crypto Security. And uh, so I'm gonna give him credit for that. Um, but his number one is never under any circumstances use SMS 2FA. Mm -hmm. on any of your accounts right with no exceptions and if you if you're visiting a site or uh a especially a cryptocurrency related site and you have no option for using a a either a 2fa app or a second universal factor application mm -hmm. then i highly recommend not using that uh cryptocurrency yeah. application because so, yeah. to me, they, they, you know, they're not taking uh, security seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, um, that, that brings up a pretty good point. Like uh, Kraken. Kraken is one that won't even let you trade on their platform unless you're using their, um, I, I, I want to, yeah, it's Google's authenticator app. Now, Google's authenticator yeah. app, here's another good one, is that Google's authenticator app actually uh, can tie to the device itself. So that way, uh, things like SIM swapping it makes it a little bit. It makes it almost impossible for the SIM swapper to you to bypass your your two-factor authentication because it's tied to the the hardware device. So you would literally have to um, swap out all of your two-factor setup um, in order to do that. And they can't do that with just a SIM swap. It would take a little bit more effort 
uh, to get around all that, or actually probably quite a little bit more effort. But yeah, uh, so not, not do not use text messaging for your two-factor. Yeah, absolutely do not use text messages. Um, and it kills me because uh, I know plenty of banks that still, when they, they rely on SMF 2FA, and it, mm -hmm. it absolutely drives me crazy. Um, so you're definitely going to, as a, as a new user, if you're just getting into crypto and in general, just security um, practices, set up a 2FA, either an app, um, or you can, you can also go as far as to use a universal second factor device, um, which I'll talk about in just a second, but um, definitely at a minimum use, like Brad said, use Google Authenticator. Um, there's Authy. Uh, there's um, LastPass Authenticator. Um, there's there's different options out there, so so use one. Um, now to get into Universal Second Factor, um, this is a little bit more advanced, um, but it is the probably the most secure of the options. Um, so what Universal Second Factor consists of is it it is a first of all it was authentication standard. Um, that was developed by the FIDO Alliance. Um, for those people out there that are curious about, you know, how that came about. Um, but the interesting thing about it is it's a device that actually plugs into your computer that sometimes you'll get a, you can get a, uh, an RSA token. Um, you hit the button and you get the, the digits on the screen. Um, but this is actually a device that you plug into the USB port on your computer and Typically they have, there's a small little LED display on these and you hit the button and you're given a, what's called a time-based one-time passcode. And that's typically a six digit uh, number that changes every 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. um, so an attacker um, would literally have to have this device in their possession um, and without that, you cannot bypass U2F. Um, so it is by far the most secure. And also want to mention for you, for you people out there that might be new to this, and maybe you've heard of Ledger, uh, the Ledger wallet. Um, and I know Brad has a Ledger wallet. I've, I've got a Ledger wallet. Um, the Ledger wallet actually has the capability of being used as a, as a U2F device. Oh, you mean the actual like ledger device itself? Yes. Oh, okay. I actually did not know that. It's good and uh, good to know. I didn't know this could be used as a two FA login security. Absolutely. Yep. Um, in the ledger store, if you plug it into your computer and go to the ledger uh, uh, under the ledger app, if you go to the uh, applications menu. There's an there's an app I'm sorry there's an app in there where you can install that and it becomes a U2F device, so you would actually have to hit the button on your ledger to allow the uh, the website to accept your credentials. Um, but I also want to mention in in part of this is Panama Crypto put in there. Um, also, please, for the love of God, if you have if you're got any amount of crypto, please invest in a hardware wallet. Um, and use it. <laughs> I know individuals that have hardware wallets. Uh, I have a I have a buddy that that bought a wallet, and he has yet to use it. He keeps everything on 
in exchange it is such a bad idea yeah um and then the last two items is whatever you do do not be flashy online um i know so many people that go on twitter on linkedin on you name it on social networks and you know they can't and then and they and they say oh i just got you know i i just bought five ethereum and it's like okay why why do you tell why do you need to tell people that um so don't be flashy and brag about what about about what cryptocurrency you purchased um or that you've got mm -hmm. um and then last but not least try to remain anonymous you know the last thing you want to do is dox yourself um and you know let people know exactly who you are uh where you live mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of individuals out there that are just you know they're scouring the internet scouring social media trying to see if they can locate somebody that they know that has a significant investment in cryptocurrency yeah and uh you just never know so whatever you do try not to dox yourself um disclose your address your location things like that absolutely um yeah. don't make yourself a target exactly and um i did want to mention too uh that and I follow this guy a lot, uh, Andreas Antonopoulos. Um, he produced a great, which, which I think is a really good video, explaining how to protect yourself against SIM swap attacks. Um, the video was called, uh, what a SIM swap, what is a SIM swap and how to protect yourself? Mm -hmm. And uh, we can link to this, Brad, in our um, show notes, because I think people could get a lot of value out of this. Yeah, absolutely. There, you know, um, there's a, a lot of sites out there, but we can use um, uh, Antonopoulos's. But uh, you know, there's there's seven, eight, nine, ten different things you can do uh, to protect yourself. Um, with the strong, you know, one of the strongest being the two MFA, uh, especially a hardware two MFA like we were just discussing. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of ways you can protect yourself, and this is uh, definitely not a joke. If you get SIM swapped, uh, they can wipe you out. Uh, not just Bitcoin or crypto, but in a lot of other areas. So not a joke for sure. Yeah. And, and one of the things worth mentioning is that the, please don't think that the uh, telephone company employees, those that work at any of the cellular carriers care about your account. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, these guys are under debt. They're under deadlines to help support people that are calling in. And if somebody calls in and, and asks to have a number swapped, there's nothing that's going to stop them from just swapping that number. That's happened so many times in the past. Um, so don't, don't have blind faith in the fact that you're protected by them because really, you know, there's been so many instances where they have done the total opposite. Yeah. There doesn't seem to be much of a repercussion for this incident uh, on the, the companies either. So um, doesn't seem to be at any loss to them uh, if they accidentally SIM swap your phone and give your identity to someone else. So interesting. Right. Um, All right. Oh, do you have more on that topic? No, actually, I was just going to lead into the next one. Okay. Um, so the other one uh, that I wanted to mention is the MasterCard has confirmed its crypto integration and said it expects to bring stable coins onto its payment network. Um, this is actually really big news because 
um, I think people, this gives people the flexibility um, to use uh, cryptocurrency. And what I think, from what I read, I think that MasterCard is planning to use uh, stable coins to do this. Um, so I don't actually think we're going to see, and I could be wrong and I hope I am, I don't actually think we're gonna see uh, specific uh, cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, uh, Litecoin, any, any of the things that Brad and I've talked about in the past, I think we're going to see a stable coin, possibly like USDC or um, Tether or Day, uh, one of these. MasterCard, so they're going to let merchants uh, accept payments in crypto. So that just kind of gives them exposure to the space, it seems like. Um, but they're going to use something a little bit more stable that doesn't have as much fluctuation uh, in the crypto market. Um, but yeah, another big player to the game, which is interesting that they're opening up their platform uh, to the blockchain, which, you know, everyone's doing it. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, and I, I think MasterCard sees the writing on the wall, just like a lot of these other companies are starting to. And, uh, and I think they just want to make, they want to give their customers a flexibility um, to be able to use uh, something, maybe they're not, maybe the next generation isn't, doesn't really want a bank account per se, but rather maybe they want to, to hold stable coins and to be able to use those on the, the MasterCard network is great. Um, I think it's, I think it's big news. Yeah, that is actually big news if you think about it. I mean, cause um, I don't know of any other credit card or bank currently accepting a crypto is there at this at this point um no not not that i've heard of either um but i do think you're gonna see uh obviously i think this is gonna also follow and you're gonna see you know possibly visa who has mm -hmm. visa has talked about doing this too um but i think you're gonna see discover and maybe american express and some of the other big payment networks follow suit as well yeah, I mean, because if you think about it, that you know, the what we've been saying the whole for like a, a while now, or at least uh, maybe not on the podcast, but just in general, is that the reason a lot of people don't use crypto or, or Bitcoin or any of these is because they get it and they're like, okay, well, what do I do with it now? Um, right. I got it. Okay, but I, I can't. I can't go to Amazon. I can't do anything. I can't go get gas with it. They're, what am I supposed to do? Um, and, you know, we've been saying the second this becomes mainstream, the second that it's as easy as using your Bitcoin to purchase something or pay something off or do any of these things, the ball's just going to start rolling. Um, you know, and absolutely. Yeah. This is one, these are those steps that we're, we're seeing these like little tiny baby steps and, and it's not going to go away. It's just going to continue to grow interest. Right. Yeah, that's a huge thing. If you really think deep about it, that's a huge. Impact. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of funny because if you, if you kind of think about it from the standpoint of the way we've thought about holding Bitcoin and a lot of other people are, are thinking about holding Bitcoin, a lot of them don't want to spend it. You know, they're like, I want to hold my Bitcoin, but I have a hard time spending it. I don't, I, it's hard time bring. Yeah, exactly. Just hold hodl i guess i should say <laughs> it's my new shirt it's nice a, i was gonna uh, use it to the end but i'll go and talk about it now uh, but you know so people don't want to spend it and and that's another reason that i think it's good that you know mastercard is putting stable coins on 
um, is putting stable coins on their payment network and not so much focusing on a specific uh, cryptocurrency. Mm. Um, and that kind of brings me to the next topic, which is, of course, I think this is this was just as equally important as that, you know, we had news that BNY Mellon announced uh, that they're going to start to custody crypto. Um, and this is America's oldest bank. So to me, this this kind of says a lot. It's not some new bank. Um, this is a bank that's been around for for many, many years. Um, and I found it interesting that they announced um, this past week that they plan to um, custody crypto for institutional clients. And um, so so they plan to to you know they they see these institutional clients making these big moves and you know so obviously they see that there's an importance here of somebody of being involved in it too so i found that to be interesting yeah yeah bny the world's largest custodian bank with some 41 trillion in assets in its safekeeping is moving into crypto that is Oh my God. So yeah, we've got a, like, when did this come? This just came out um, February 11th. So three days ago. So within the last, within the last three, four days, five days, excuse me, February 10th, it was the MasterCard announcement, uh, 2021. February 11th, we hear BNY. So here we go, two big banks jumping into the crypto world. I mean, this, uh, the ball is rolling. The train is leaving the station. This thing it's, is getting on. It's leaving the station and eventually it's going to get very difficult um, to, to buy Bitcoin. Uh, at least I believe it's gonna get very difficult to buy Bitcoin at, at a reasonable price. Yeah. Um, we're already starting to see, we almost hit 50,000 on Sunday and you know, we were very close to hitting 50,000 on Sunday. And uh, as Brad had talked about, the opening of the show is that, you know, we we were very, very close and then we dipped. And now we're, you know, we're sitting at around what, 47 or 48, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. 40, we're at 47. So we're actually down a 2.3% with just within the last uh, few hours um, at 47.7. But, um, but those dips are being purchased and bought up very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and so when people do panic and they start to, to, to sell their Bitcoin, they're really selling it back to, I believe they're selling it back to the institutional investors um, because these guys are not going to panic and sell. They're going to hold that, that they're in it for the long term. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to mention that I saw this past week that I because it's a project that I follow and I really, I, I like it. Um, it's been one of the, probably the most used decentralized finance app that I've used um, is Uniswap. And Hayden Adams, the, uh, the creator of Uniswap, mm. um, on a clubhouse this past week, um, he mentioned, uh, which I found kind of interesting, that um, in addition to the deployment on layer one for Uniswap version three, he's also planning on pushing Uniswap version three out to layer two. Um, this would be absolutely huge for Uniswap um, because it takes the, as we know from using it, it the fees are outrageous. Um, we talked about this last week. The layer two platforms um, offer way cheaper fees. 
So I, I can imagine that Uniswap's volume is going to uh, go through the roof once they move to layer two. And I know I'll use it probably 10 to 20 times more than I do now <clears throat> if they make that move to layer two. Okay. Um, well, I'll go ahead and, you know, I'll go ahead and talk about uh, what I found interesting this week. Um, you know, one thing that I, I, I've had for a long time uh, was a Binance coin called uh, Jewel Swap. And, you know, I've mentioned this on some of my other, the other videos that I've done. And then uh, the, the, my reward video of where I had, uh, you know, Joel D and didn't even know I had it, which was pretty interesting. Uh, thanks to Warble for updating me on that one. <laughs> but uh, one of the coolest things that I found out on this um, was that Joel Swap has their um, staking platform uh, on their website, uh, info.jewelswap.com, where if you own um, any of their coins, um, you can stake on their site for some pretty good rewards. Uh, I think I'm earning like $5 a day or something like that. I mean, a pretty good amount uh, for just letting uh, Joe Swap borrow or stake my coins uh, on their platform. Um, so that's definitely something to check out. You know, if you're on, um, you know, the Binance Smart Chain or if you're on Kraken, uh, I also noticed that KuCoin, um, has a ton of coins and allows all kinds of staking. Yes. And I don't know why I did not pay it. I've not been paying attention to it before. Maybe I just didn't fully understand the rewards that came with staking. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll get into a video, I think more in depth about staking in a, in a later episode, but um, this is something to definitely take advantage of. So I, I jumped into staking um, full fledged and I've been staking a few other coins, but the, the rewards that are on the Binance Smart Chain are great. And that's something I just learned. Um, so I've been taking advantage of that. And the fees are so cheap. And the fees are cheap, which is what makes it so, so great. In fact, just before the show started, um, I just claimed is I, I too am using uh, the Joel Swap uh, platform. And um, I claimed some of my staking rewards. And I think the fee was like 70 cents mm. compared to the typical fee that we see on the Ethereum mainnet, you know, between 30 to $50. So yeah. Um, one other, and then one toy I'll, I'll talk about, I'm going to talk about one toy that I noticed that uh, this week, that was really cool. If anyone's in the, you know, um, getting different cool little crypto toys, something that's actually very useful. I'm going to share my screen real quick. Uh, Warble. I just found this out uh, yesterday. And one of the biggest problems I have uh, in the in the you know wallet you know keeping my wallet uh, secure is um, your oh my goodness what do they call it they call it the um, oh the key the key so uh, well it's not just the key it's the a uh, phrase it's a yeah your key phrase so whenever you sign up for a wallet you have to have a key phrase and what it is is a bunch of words uh, that are lined up in a specific order. And you've got to keep those words um, kind of kept somewhere. And those, that key phrase belongs um, to that specific wallet. So if you have different wallets, all these key phrases get confusing. And I've got like four wallets. And now all my key phrases are actually mixed up. But 
you know, at least I have them, but you know, it gets confusing. This is actually a hardware key phrase. Um, and so you can put your keys um, inside of it and, you know, it shows that it's hacker proof, shock proof, waterproof, fireproof, all this stuff. But what it is, is you take your different key letterings and you can actually put your phrase um, in there and have that belong to that specific wallet. So I thought that was pretty cool. It's a little expensive, probably a little bit more expensive that, than it's, uh, you know, I don't know if I can say if it's what it's worth. What it's worth is depends on how much is in your wallet. Um, but it's a really cool tool uh, to help you keep your key phrases, um, you know, accounted for. Uh, so that, that's pretty cool. Sitting on your phone, because if they're sitting on your phone and you get SIM swapped again, you're kind of screwed. So a cool, really cool tool. Um, if you, especially if you just got one wallet and you just need one key phrase, it's a perfect utility. Um, so that's my cool, uh, gadget of the week that I've found. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and if you are just starting out, as Brad said, you know, make sure to back up your key phrase. Um, it, it is the one thing that can absolutely wreck you if, especially if you lose that and you ever need to recover um, your hardware wallet, you're, you're out of luck without a key phrase. Um, so, and again, yeah. I know plenty of people that have written it down on a piece of paper and put it in a safe or, you know, or something along those lines. But again, if there's a fire, you know, you're, you're kind of out of luck, but in the case of what we just saw from Brad, you know, that that's a nice option. It is a nice option because I, what I've been doing is I've been taking a picture and then printing it out and then writing which one wallet it belonged to. But then I'm like, where did I put my, you know, uh, it, it, you know, if, if you're not super organized, like I, I am not, it, it can be kind of uh, hectic to keep up with all these uh, seed phrases. But um, yeah, really cool tool. I chiseled my key phrase into my basement uh, steps. <laughs> the only problem nice, is that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> perfect idea. If you've got a basement, absolutely perfect. <laughs> i was uh, down one day like chiseling the floor and and pam was like what are you doing i'm like i back it up my key phrase woman <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know what a key phrase is it's it's your last stop chance to get back into your wallet if you just happen to forget your password um the only way back in is through the seed phrase you've got to have this phrase of of uh you know words and and who knows what all different phrases can come together but um if you get if you lose your password i mean <laughs> i guess the chances of you remembering your pc you know you better have that seed phrase somewhere written down especially if you have anything handy. more than a thousand dollars of cryptocurrency because that would be painful yeah yeah yep. yeah and we've heard you know there are stories of people forgetting their passwords not knowing their seed phrases uh and you, i read the story online that there was a hundred and hundred and something thousand dollars in someone's uh, wallet and you couldn't remember the, the seed. Oh, just terrible. Right. And, and the ledger wallet is very unforgiving. If, if you put, if you put in the wrong uh, passphrase, you know, you, your four digit passphrase and you get it wrong, you have like, uh, what is it? A minute wait. And then if you get it wrong again, oh. you have like a five minute wait. And if you get it wrong again, you have like an hour wait. And eventually you're going to have like a year or two to wait between each entry. Oh. It's just terrible. You see, keep your seed phrase handy. Do not lose it. <laughs> and and this really, is why this appealed to me so much. And and really, you know, don't do what I did and chisel your seed phrase into your basement floor. It's, that's not a good idea. 
<laughs> oh, oh, which sort of brings right. us to to the next topic, Brad, which is mm -hmm. how do we get more people involved in this space? That's mm. the challenge, you know. How do we get more people involved in this space? And what's what's one of the reasons that you know we you know people know about crypto, but what are some of the biggest stumbling blocks? You know, we were talking just before the show and. I was telling Brad that I had three people this past week come up to me and say, I'm really interested in this, but I don't understand any of it. And, you know, I hear this a lot and I know you do as well, Brad. Mm -hmm. um, you know, where do those people go to get information? Um, what are some of the things that, that you've seen, Brad, and like with new people? And I can tell you some of the things I've seen with new people. Um, and I'll let... I'll let you start and just talk about some of the things you've seen people struggle with that are new to the space. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, here, re especially recently with this big boom, I, I see, I really hear the, a lot of the same questions over and over and, and, and it, you know, it's, it's pretty common, you know, what is crypto? What makes it its value? Um, how, how do I purchase it? And, you know, what, what do I do with it? And then once they get past the basics of, of all of that, then it goes into like, well, um, you know, how long should I hold it? What is staking? You know, what are all these different things? Why, why would I want to own one over another and things like that? And, and it really, what it does is it takes me back to, um, so I, you know, I, I was around when the internet first started, uh, same questions back then, you know, people didn't understand the internet. Um, I was around when cell, cell phones first came out. Um, people didn't understand it and it like cell phone, you know, or not cell phones, but, um, smartphones, people didn't like smartphones. They didn't understand it. Um, and then, um, you know, what was it? There was something else I was thinking of. And, and that kind of tells me like, okay, once people start understanding this, it's going to be mainstream. It's going to be a regular thing and it's going to take off just like all of these things that have been complicated, but I think it's just the basics. And right now everyone's going to YouTube, which is why we wanted to start the channel. Yeah, definitely. Um, YouTube is definitely one of the biggest platforms uh, that's being used uh, to educate people um, to what cryptocurrency is and, you know, kind of give them a, a space to start. I do have a question for you about the cell phone thing. Yeah. Did you have a bag phone? I did have a bag phone. Yep. You did? Yes. I See, I did not, and I'm kind of envious now. I, I always <laughs> wanted to use a bag phone just because I they, they look so cool. I was the only, I think I was 16. Yeah, I was 16 years old because I just got my car. And uh, of course, my mother was worried about me. And even back then, I was the only one with a phone. And I carried this bag, <laughs> this bag phone around <laughs> my car. But people thought it was cool. Like People were like, that's the coolest freaking thing I've ever seen. You did that have the, like, the flip-up antenna? Huh? Did they have like the flip up antennas on them? Well, so yeah, you, you open the bag. It was like a little uh, flip over bag. You open the bag and the phone would like clip in and clip out. But yeah, it had this little antenna you could pop up. <laughs> so you um, roll up to somebody's house with like your, your, your sun, sunroof open and you flip up the antenna. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't an antenna that went on the top of the car. Yeah. You just flipped it up <laughs> in the bag. Um, but my mom was like, only using in emergencies because it's like a dollar a minute or something like that. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> and now we're now we're on like our phones for eight hours. Can you imagine if those are bag phones? Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> you have like a bill of eight hundred dollars a day. 
Um, so yeah, as you said, I think some of the, the trouble right now with new people entering the space is definitely the, uh, a couple of the things I, I wrote down. Absolutely, where do you buy it? Um, why do I really, why do I wanna buy this? That's another one, you know, why, why would I buy it at all? And it's the jargon and the acronyms. I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of this constantly. You know, I use acronyms all the time. Um, and, uh, and, and the other one for me, I think, is the UX, the user experience um, right now in a lot of these applications is just not there. Um, I think a lot of people struggle with that. You know, they, they don't understand what, what MetaMask is. Um, they don't understand which wallet to use. Um, yeah, I think just, I think just on this on this past week's uh, Twitch stream that you had, I think one of our one of your viewers was asking, you know, well, what do I do with MetaMask now? I have it. Yeah. What How do I is? use it? Yeah. Well, it's just it's funny because when you're in the space, it, it all starts to make you're like, oh, this makes so much sense. This is right. so easy, and that's what I was going back with the cell phone and the internet. Like today, it's like. How could you not know what the internet like how is that has it people didn't people were scared of it it just yeah. thought of being like some this worldwide thing and, and people are like I, I don't understand just too much too much and they did you know that's what i was saying they did it with the smartphone the smartphone was too much i just want to dial i don't care about all these exactly things well now it's like well where's all my you know where's all my apps i need i need more apps i need more and it's a common thing but yeah when people don't understand it it's very scary to get into um, but when you're in it, it's so it makes so much sense. Um, and I think when when we can get people past that, when when understanding a wallet, which is people aren't used to a hardware wallet, once you get past that, once you get past some of the misconceptions of what you do with it, um, I think it'll be it'll be big. It's it's going to be big. I think we already know that. But how do you get that? How do you get people to start adopting that? I think PayPal is taking a step in the right direction. Um, being that they have such a big audience, you know, they have, they have such a big customer base mm -hmm. and the fact that they integrated, you know, they, they sort of integrated crypto into their, into allow you to buy it through your PayPal account. Um, I think that is a step in the right direction. Oh, yeah. um, but I think where you, when you step outside that comfort zone of something like PayPal, and you get into things like MetaMask, or you get into things like Trust Wallet, or you have wallets on Coinbase, or you know Gemini, or one of these sites. I think you start to step out of that comfort zone. And the problem I think inherently in cryptocurrency that's happened for since since I've been in it is you always have this clash. It seems like between the the creators of the products, the engineers, mm -hmm. and you have no marketing and you have no sales. You have no traditional marketing and sales teams. And I think you're starting to see more of that with some of these new modern projects, but I think you still have a predominant engineering focus. And I think what happens then is you lose some of that UX design, you lose some of that user focus and people simply cannot use it. They don't understand how to use it. And then you start to mix jargon and acronyms and yeah. 
you think the other big one that I wanted to mention is people think, and you probably get this a lot, people still think you need to buy a full unit of one coin. Right, right. And I can't tell you how many times somebody has said to me, well, it's too late for me to get in. I can't, I can't afford that. Yeah. And, you know, I spoke with somebody just recently and I said, you need to think in fractions, you know, think in fractions and not just whole numbers. Right. Because I think with our currency, the way it is now, you know, we can think in fractions, but it's very limited. You know, we have, you know, there's just a hundred pennies in a dollar. Whereas with Bitcoin, there's a hundred million Satoshis in one Bitcoin. So you have very, you have many, many more fraction spaces to think in. So I've told people, you know, I said, you can buy, you can buy a dollar's worth of Bitcoin. Mm. And they're like, wow, I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. And from there, you know, they, you can tell that they get a little bit more interested when they realize that they actually have a chance to buy some and not have to buy a full Bitcoin for $49,000. Um, and, and, and then there's the other thing too, you know, you have, there's a lot of common critiques that people hear, you know, this has been used for illicit activities and Mm-hmm. I, there's so many myths out there. So the one thing I want to do is I want to point people um, to a website, which I highly recommend taking a look at if you're new. And it's called casebitcoin.com. It runs through, explains it to you like you're a new user. And that's exactly what this site was designed for. It was designed to onboard new users. Mm-hmm. It explains where Bitcoin came from, um, the concepts. It even breaks down a lot of the reasons to invest. Um, It breaks down thinking in fractions and not whole numbers. And it breaks down a lot of the jargon and the acronyms that we constantly use. Um, And so I recommend casebitcoin.com, C-A-S-E, bitcoin.com. And I'll put that up on the uh, show notes. Very nice. Okay, well, I didn't, you know what? We should do that on the, the Twitch live, huh? It's a great website. Um, I pointed a few people to it. They came back and they said, wow, that, that is a really nice resource. Hmm. Um, and I recommend people take a look at that if they're new. I th- because without, without people adopting it, you know, we can, you know, you and I will be in this state, in this space, but I think you're, you need that, that, many more people to adopt it for it to become something that uh that takes off yeah which i i think is in a, inevitable but uh you know how, how late to the game are you going to be so exactly um you know i i think the, the writing will be on the wall everyone's going to be in this space at some point they're probably going to they may even be forced into to having to use crypto in some form or another to, to buy something or pay for this or whatever. But, um, you know, how late do you want to get before, you know, you adopt that technology? Someone, everyone had to sell their Blackberries at some point. <laughs> you exactly. <know>? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There were some people who waited to the last second to get rid of that Blackberry. So, uh, you know, just how, how late do you want to hang on? And then the, the other thing I think is worth mentioning is only invest in, in this space in a responsible way, you know, mm-hmm. um, put in what you actually can afford to lose. And 
I think that's something that, you know, I, I've heard that I can't tell you how many times since I've been, you know, involved in the space is that I've heard that hundreds of times only invest what you can afford to lose and pick a strategy, pick, pick a strategy that works for you. Um, you know, there is certainly nothing wrong with investing $10 a month in, in digital currencies. You don't need to, you don't need to put big money down. Um, pick something that works for you and pick, pick a percentage of, of what you want to invest in. And yep. I think that's also important because there will be drops. That's, that's inevitable. It's going to happen guaranteed. Um, and you definitely don't want to take a second mortgage out on your house and, and buy as much Bitcoin as possible. Um, because that actually, that, that was something that wrecked a lot of people back in 2017. Oh, really? Well, they should have just held. <laughs> they should have. And they, and they actually sadly um, bought it at, you know, probably 18, 19,000 and then sold, you know, when it was dropped back down to 11,000 mm. after selling their house. Yeah. That's not a good, not a good idea. So responsible, I guess mm -hmm. is, is probably a really good word. Yeah. Um, and again, we'll put we'll put the links up on the show notes. Um, anything else to add on that, Brad? That you can think of for new people? Nope. I think uh, just getting once the understanding sinks in, and once um, you know the market um, starts utilizing it more, and we're already seeing it with Mastercard and, and then all these other companies, uh, it's just going to do it itself. Yeah. Uh, it's absolutely. just how late you want. Like I said, I think it's how late you want to be. You're eventually going to to have to learn it. Um, you know, it'd be great. I, we're wanting to put up space online so we can help people get there. Um, I definitely want to help people. I'm trying to help people in my life all the time, mm -hmm. uh, but I think eventually, uh, it'll just be a matter of time before, you know, and it gets easier. It keeps getting easier and easier. Um, so we'll, we'll see the transition happening. I think over the next two to three years, we'll see a huge transition. Yeah, I agree. I think once companies start to develop better you know, interfaces and um, the ability for people to to understand how to use it, I think you're going to start to see a boom in, in usage. So, um, cool. So uh, any final thoughts? I got a couple of items here. Do you have anything? Uh, I do not. All right. So one of the things I wanted to mention is in Coindesk, and I'm sure a lot of people, maybe some people that are watching um, may follow Coindesk. I've been following them now for a couple of years. Uh, one of my favorite um, uh, news podcasts, I would call them a podcast. They, they actually just announced that they um, have released Coindesk TV first mover, which um, it's on YouTube. They, you can also go to the coindesk.com and check it out. Um, but it's kind of neat because they, they have multiple uh, shows throughout the day where they talk about the latest that's occurring and they, also, they usually have a lot of people on as interviews um, and uh, talk about what digital assets are impacting the market. And um, the host of the show, uh, Kristen News, is really good. Um, so I recommend checking that out. And it begins at 9 a.m. Eastern every weekday. So it's uh, quite frequent. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is um, a coin that I've been following, which I recommend checking it out. It, they have not yet released their main product, um, but 
Orion Protocol. Um, they, it seems like every week they're making announcements about uh, more and more partnerships. And um, I recommend taking a look at this now because once they actually release their product, which will end up being a liquidity aggregation market, Orion Protocol is actually going to have the capabilities of reaching across different mainnets and pulling in market prices. So you'll actually be able to trade all these different exchanges all from one interface. So it's going to be extremely fast. It's going to be cheap fees and you're going to have the capability of getting the best prices. So it's sort of like a, it'll be sort of like a, um, a one inch um, DEX aggregator, except that it's actually going to reach into and pull from even centralized exchanges like Binance, Kraken, um, plus all the decentralized finance exchanges. Hmm. All right. Good call on Orion. I, you know, it's on my watch list, um, but I haven't invested a lot of time or money into it, but it's a good call though. It has been an interest of mine. Um, I'm planning on picking some Orion up here soon before it gets too high. Um, and then another thing I did want to mention is um, a few layer ones. You know, I think we've both talked about these like Cardano. Uh, we've talked about Polkadot. Um, not so much Cosmos, Avalanche, or Solana, but we have mentioned Allegrand. Um, I would keep an eye on those as, especially as the Ethereum gas fees continue to uh, increase. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to see more adoption of Cardano, Polkadot specifically, um, and the others that I mentioned. And then I would also keep an eye on these layer two chains like Matic, Scale, and Loopring. And then I've mentioned in the past, X-Day is another chain, another layer two I would keep an eye on as well. Last item, I think, for this, this episode, um, on February 28th, uh, Brad and I are going to be uh, interviewing Tobias Graf of Just Liquidity, mm -hmm. which um, Brad talked about uh, Joldax earlier. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we're excited. He, um, he will be on the episode on the 28th. No, yeah, that's the day after my birthday. Cool. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for another episode of The Crypto Effect. I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, we will be back here next week. And again, remember, on the 28th, Tobias uh, interview. So that'll be good from Jewel Swap. Awesome. Thank you, Warren. Have a good night. You too.